0: Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, Prayer Never Dies, and was spoken by Reema Duncan. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at NLCCLancaster.com. Uh, Acts chapter 10 begins to talk about a story of a man that his, uh, his prayers began to make things available that was not available prior to an encounter that he had. Somebody say, prayer makes things available. Access. It opens doors that you cannot open with your physical hand. But when you begin to get the hand of God to move, Things that had been shut down, locked up, sealed off, now begin to break open for the people that can benefit from it the most. And we're going to read the scripture here, give honor to all those that I am acquainted with, familiar with in this church, thankful for this church and the family that leads it, thankful that my family got to come and uh and be with us this weekend. Praise the Lord. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, meaning he was a uh, an accomplished uh, soldier, and he uh, had the command over a select group, select regiment uh, of soldiers. And the fact that the Bible Went as far to highlight what they were called, kind of gives a connotation that these group of soldiers were specialized, had a measure of special forces attached to them. And the Bible says that this centurion, who was the leader of trained killers, was a devout man one that feared god with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to god always this leader of a of trained killers that had a walk with god saw a vision and the bible says it is about the ninth hour that he had a visitation of the angel of god coming into him and saying unto him calling him by name cornelius When he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and your giving are come up for a memorial before God. I want you to lift your hands today and help me pray for the remainder of the service that God will begin to awaken you to things that you haven't been able to identify or see with your natural eyes. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in our ministries, what you're doing in our communities, what you're doing in our families. We, Lord God, need you to help our faith today. Build us up, Lord Jesus. Give us just a glimpse, Lord. We don't need all the details, but if you can give us a glimpse into what you've already been working on Lord Jesus it will begin to revive us and energize us and motivate us to continue and build upon what has already been laid hallelujah because we want to see your will accomplished in this world in the mighty name of Jesus we give you all the praise all the glory and all the honor if you believe God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think clap your hands and thank him as you're seated Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. What would cause a man who was a Roman soldier and an accomplished one at that, could you imagine what this man had to do to gain the status that he had amongst the men that were trained to take lives this man had to prove himself not just to climb up the ladder but to gain the respect of those that he had to lead so you could imagine that this man was also a trained killer and possibly trained from birth to be what he was a soldier knowing how to fight and take lives. Not only was this man a Roman soldier, but being Roman, he would not ascribe to the God of Israel. So he was a trained idolater. He knew about the gods of Rome. He knew about the idols that they revered and worshipped. And this man found himself at a place where he began to devote himself to the one God of the Israelites, and the Bible says that it wasn't just him, it was all his house, so his whole family were of this belief that the one God of the Israelites was God's, and he didn't just believe, but he put his money where his mouth was, praise God, he didn't just profess a faith, but he gave of his substance to the cause, praise God, hallelujah. He gave to people that were in need. He had a charitable heart. And even though this man had a a prayer life and he was a giver, something was still needed in his world. Praise the Lord. And God would not leave him with just part of the truth and part of spiritual accuracy. But God wanted to give him an encounter that would forever change the trajectory of of his future. I want to tell somebody this morning that God does not just leave you with part of your story. Hallelujah. God, hallelujah, will interject into your world everything that you need to accomplish the will of God for your life. Hallelujah. He doesn't just leave you by yourself to figure it out, but for a praying person, God will intercept and interject into your world everything that you need to get the job done. Hallelujah. So this praying man found himself being a devout man of God, the one God of the Israelites, praise God. Now, there are some that believe that this man, this centurion, was was probably the same man that was unnamed, the centurion that was at the cross of Jesus Christ. And uh, this centurion watched how as this beaten and battered and bruised body was uh, nailed to a cross and hung his head, gave up the ghost and died, praise God, and he witnessed as as the sky turned dark and the earthquake earth began to quake praise God and the Bible says that this centurion looked up and said surely this was the Son of God and if that man was this man that we read about in Acts chapter 10 his encounter with the cross caused him to leave everything that he knew leave everything that he was raised to believe and began to pursue the one God of the Israelites so much so that the Bible begins to revisit his life praise God in the book of Acts chapter 10 and the Bible says that he prayed so much he gave so passionately that God would not ignore his devotion God did not ignore his prayers this man had an encounter with God an emissary of the Spirit was sent to him because he did something in the sight of God that God could not ignore what did he do he was a giver and he was a man of prayer he knew that there was something to this thing called exchange of conversation with God and I, I can't really say uh, according to the scripture that uh, he heard much from God But I know he talked a lot to God. The Bible says that this man, he wasn't a part of the Jewish culture. He couldn't go to synagogue. He couldn't worship with the rest of the people that he identified with in his faith. So he was ostracized. He was isolated, but he had a walk with God. He didn't need the pomp and circumstance. He didn't need the support of everybody else that pat him on the back and say, you're doing well, you're doing great, keep going. He had something driving him on the inside to say, I know in whom I believe. And even if I don't see a miracle, if if I don't see a sign, I'm still gonna devote my life. He had such a prayer life that when it was time for God to give him an encounter, he knew when to find him and where to find him. He sent an angel at the ninth hour, which according to scripture was the hour of prayer. So when he had a visitation, God knew exactly where he would be and what he would be doing when it was ready for God to release an answer that he probably wasn't even looking for. And the Bible says that the angel spoke to him and said your prayers and your giving has built something in the sight of God that God would not ignore. He said it's come up for a memorial this was a token or some type of a memorandum that God would look at and say, because you've done this I am going to do this and when people see me do this and they question why I did it for you I can point them back to this and say because of this This happened. I want to tell somebody right now. You've been praying for a long time. You've been seeking God for some things. Even when you didn't feel anything from God. Even when you didn't have the motivation of your brothers and sisters. And God sent this preacher to tell you this morning. You have built a memorial. And God said, I've not forgotten your voice and hit the ceiling and come back down. Your prayers have been accumulated and caused a momentum of a move of my spirit in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He doesn't deserve an angel. Who's this guy? He didn't go to the school of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's not trained in the Torah like we are. How how come he gets an angel? Because God in this scripture was into apostolic ministry. Can I tell you something this morning? Apostolic ministry is incomplete without angelic activity. God sends angels to aid you In accomplishing apostolic ministry. Somebody say, I'm not by myself. You think you are because at times you feel lonely. And at times you feel depressed, and at times you feel forsaken, and at times you feel confused. But while you feel like you're all alone, somebody is right there waiting on you to turn to God. Hallelujah. Because God has sent emissaries of his spirit to, to watch over you, uh, the angels of God, and camp around them uh, that fear him uh, and put their trust in him. I say, I've got help. You're the Holy Ghost reaching for somebody right now. You have help. You have help. So God is fixing to do something. You see, you got to understand who this man was. This man was not uh, part of the promises, per se, of Abraham. And God was looking to do something that he spoke over the disciples and the apostles. He said, I'm going to give you power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, they were reaching Jerusalem. And they were reaching the countryside of Judea. They sent the evangelist Philip to evangelize Samaria, but they had not reached the uttermost part of the earth. They were reaching one demographic and God said, it's time to break this revival open. I'm going to send what you have done in your local town and community. I'm going to make it global. And the way I'm gonna do that is you see, somebody's been praying for something. Hallelujah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find somebody that has been praying, and I'm gonna use their voice and their words that they've invested, even when they've seen nothing happen, and I'm gonna use it to, to cause a, a worldwide revival. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would hear this preacher this morning. Cornelius had no part in the promise of Abraham. He had no lot with the Israelites, but the man knew how to get a hold of God. And God said, that's all I need is a praying person to lift their voice and begin to storm the gates and begin to create an atmosphere. Let me ask a question. Is there anyone in this place? There may be a few, but is there anyone in this place that can trace your lineage to one of the tribes of Israel? Nobody? How about the lost tribe? Any of you connected to that? None of you. So, you know what that makes all of you and me? We're Gentiles. You see, the church, the New Testament church, the Christian church was only reaching Jewish people. You and I had no part in what they were doing according to their thinking. The gospel message wasn't for you, but one man began to pray and his prayers were so consistent His prayers were so passionate that even though he wasn't thinking about Lancaster, Ohio even though he wasn't thinking about Chicago, Illinois what he did on this day almost 2,000 years ago has reached far beyond his imagination. Can I tell you this morning that God will use your prayers to go beyond what you've asked for, beyond what you're looking for. You don't realize what God's doing with your voice, but you've got to keep going. Hallelujah! before there was ever an apostolic church in Lancaster, Ohio somebody was lifting their voice for this community before you darkened the doors and warmed the pew of this great church somebody called your name or called over your community and say God save them it might not have been 10 years it may have been 20 but God eventually established a place for you because we are all products of someone's prayers. So with that in mind, I preach to you today that your prayers never die. Lift your hands right now. Oh. Feel... Oh. You know, you asked for it. You didn't see it. So you stopped asking. So you felt like nothing happened. I tell you, Cornelius, every time he prayed, nothing happened. But he had so much faith. He didn't have to see something happen. He, he just prayed. He just kept praying. And God said, i got to do something for this, this man who, who is so passionate about talking to me, about being in my presence. And so he commandeered a man of God that didn't even want to. And by the name of Peter, we know old Pete. He is a guy who has the nerve to walk on water. Peter's a guy that gets a revelation of who Jesus really is. Peter is a guy who, when he's uh, for, uh, faced with opposition because of his faith in Christ, starts cussing up a storm. This same Peter and turns around and preaches the gospel message on the day of Pentecost. This same Peter, I know people want to make him a saint, but he ain't no saint. He's a man just like you and I. He had some flaws. But God still used him. And God said, hi, Pete, I got a job for you. He's up in some upper room just waiting for, you know, people to get the dinner ready and people are taking along with the dinner. So he falls asleep and would you know it? The man is waiting for the food. He, he, he begins to have a dream and a vision of food. God has a sense of humor. So he lays out a picnic blanket and says, okay, Peter, we've got some rack of lamb, we've got, uh, we've got, we've got uh, a whole rotisserie chicken, and I know you like those mashed potatoes, so we're going to put that on the blanket, uh, some uh, challah bread, we're going to put that on there, Uh ball soup, come on, I know you like that, Pete. Praise God. How about a how about a Reuben sandwich? On eye. Right. Okay, we're gonna put that on there too. And then he began to see some other things on that. Uh, God, how come there's like shrimp and lobster on here? You know you know I can't. I, I can't really do that. Then he looks over and says, There's also ham on this I, I give that to the Gentiles. I don't want that stuff. Then he took a closer look at the green beans and said, how come they put bacon in the green? beans? Now, see, you and I would be excited about the bacon and the green beans. But you see, the Israelites didn't dine with the swine. And so he was kind of taken back and he said, don't call what I've made common or unclean. You see, he wasn't talking to Peter about natural things. He used what he was focused on at the moment to bring him to a spiritual principle of something he wanted to do to change the world. And he said, don't call what I've made common or unclean. He didn't get it. Now, this is a man of God. He preached the gospel message. We quote his words all the time, Acts 2.38. This is the same guy. God spoke to him, and he didn't get the word. So God gave him the dream again. He still didn't get the word. God gave the apostle Peter the same vision three times, and he still didn't understand it. He only spoke to Cornelius once. And God said, you know what? Th- this time, I can't, really, I can't really give you all the details. There's going to be some guys that's going to take you to a place that you might not want to go. So I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause you to go to this place, and I'm going to do something there that's going to outlive you. But if you, if you understood it all, you probably wouldn't go. Why? Because you'd probably be afraid of what your friends would say about what I called you to do. And so Peter goes and follows these men that are leading him to this house, and he gets to this house. And he's like, oh my goodness, this is a Roman's house. I can't go in there he couldn't even fellowship with Cornelius or he'd be considered unclean don't call what I've made I've got a plan that I'm doing something in the life of what you would consider untouchable and unclean I've got a plan to cleanse it but I need somebody to go I need somebody to get spiritual enough To look beyond what they've always done, how they have always thought, and see what I'm trying to do with the people that are not being reached. And so he gets there. He has a revival that they probably had not had till that point. He begins to preach the word of God. He didn't have to call an altar call. He didn't have to give a a list of steps for them to be saved He just began to preach the word and the Bible says, while he yet spake, the Holy Ghost began to fall on the Gentiles. These were the very first Gentiles that had ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and thousands of years later, they're still Gentiles receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost because somebody... decided to say I'm not going to rely on my custom I'm not going to rely on my tradition I'm going to hear the voice of God and I'm going to respond because God is doing something unprecedented right now that will outlive me hallelujah 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 lift your hands right now glory to God Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there's a man by the name of Daniel. This man had a walk with God. Hey, they knew him to be a man of prayer. So much so that when his enemies wanted to trip him up, they used his prayer life. They <laughs> we can do anything uh, and it won't work. But if we work against his prayer, that will work because he's not going to stop praying. Same guy, that his prayers got him thrown into a den of lions. Old Daniel began to pray, he began to seek the face of God, and he, he was used to hearing from God. He had the spirit of prophecy that would come upon him, and he, he would hear things from God that nobody else would hear because of the proximity of relationship that he had with God, because he was a man of prayer. And God stopped talking. And he began to think, whoa, when I talk to God, I hear from God. And I don't hear from God. All right, something is wrong. Maybe, maybe it's me. So he starts fasting. And this is where we get the, uh, the, the, the practice of what we would call a Daniel fast. He went without certain foods, afflicting himself to get a hold of God. And the second day, he still didn't hear from God. Imagine. Person you hear from all the time, all of a sudden you don't hear from at all. Third day still ain't hear from God. A week passes, no word. Two weeks without hearing from God when you're used to hearing them all the time. And the third week came, the twenty-first day, an angel appears, and the angel begins to speak to him and say. God wasn't ignoring you. Do you hear this preacher? God wasn't ignoring you. Something was resisting your prayers. But when the first time you opened your mouth, God sent the angel. But something was working against the answers you were looking for. And finally, I broke through, and I am calm for your words. You know what he was telling, Daniel? Not the third time, but the first time he prayed. That prayer never died. Who have you been praying for? Who Who did you stop praying for? What? did you stop praying for that you felt didn't make sense anymore it's not working maybe that's not to be and I tell you if you're praying according to the will of God it is to be but there's an adversary of your soul that will resist what you're praying for so what do you do You keep praying because the only way to overpower resistance of answered prayer is to keep praying. And the moment you quit is the moment the enemy has tried to seal off your hopes and dreams. You hear this preacher today because God just took the seals off. And he has opened the book. And he has went down the catalog of words that you spoke in the spirit. And he's listening now saying, I've, I heard this one and I heard that one. Do they still want this at all? The, 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 where, 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 where's this prayer at? Where, where, where's this intercession for your lost family member? Where, where's the... It said, I've never ignored you. It never went away. The enemy's resisting your prayers. But you gotta keep knocking at the door of the king. God gave me a word earlier this year, and I believe it it was a word not just for me, but it was a word for the body of Christ. And he began to explain to me that what I have allowed is bringing about what my people have been praying for this whole time. And the first wave of the answer to that prayer that they've been praying for years but have not seen is going to be a restoration. It's going to be a resurrection of dead things that maybe you have given up on. Think about this uh, valley of dry bones, how something had to be spoken, something had to revisit that dead place and begin to see beyond the deadness that those things can live again. So God told me, he said, the first wave of end time harvest is going to be the prodigals. This is what he sent me here to say to you this morning. But you see, in order for there to be a restoration, there has to be a measure of spirituality that rises up in the people to accommodate the restoration of those that have been lost or walked away. Because if a brethren be overtaken in a fault, the only people that can restore them back into a walk with God our spiritual people so what does God do God sends a shock into the system for people to open their eyes not in a natural but in the spirit which is what 2020 is all about it's not about vision it's about seeing because vision speaks of direction and we don't need direction We got 66 books of direction, but what the people of God need to do is see what cannot be seen with the natural eye. And so he said, I need seers to arise in this place. It takes people to be spiritual, to see things in the spirit where it looks bleak in the natural and it looks dismal in the natural. People that can see, see what I am doing and what I am showing them beyond what's happening in the natural because in the spirit, I am setting the stage for what you've been praying for, for a long time. Hallelujah. I'm going to bring people back that you thought would never be restored people that have fallen so far away from grace god says i need somebody to gain the spirit so i can hallelujah hallelujah so god says i'm sending them back to the house i'm sending them back to the church and yes we have a church building but the true church is what's inside the building and so when god says i'm gonna raise them up and send them back to church he's gonna raise them up and send them back to you Hallelujah! Because those are the special forces. Those are the people that are going to be the strong arm of this end time harvest. We're too separated from the field. Hallelujah. Because of where we've been for so long and how we've operated. But God says, I got some people that have made some networks in their sin. Hallelujah. And I'm going to use their restoration to bring home whole networks of sinners into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you what this looks like. This looks like a a backslidden preacher's kid that fell from grace and began to live a riotous life. Finds himself in Chicago. You know, people ask me all the time, Why did you go to Chicago? That's the same question that I ask myself. Why did I go to Chicago? Well, one reason to meet my beautiful wife. But you know, people, people don't say, I feel called of God, I'm headed to Chicago. That's like somebody saying, I feel called of God. I'm headed to the most extreme Islamic nation in the world. Because Chicago is a place where people go to hide. Chicago's a graveyard. Oh, yeah, it swallowed up a lot of people. And so God allowed this graveyard to house one more soul it was from halfway across the country. Found himself here, doing who knows what, only God knows. Then as God commandeers a family and sends them into the city to try to reach people First person we run into is a backslidden PK. End up doing some brunch with him and looks at me across the table and tells me, just two days ago, I was about to end my life. And I said, God, I need, I need to be restored. I need you to help me with this. I'm not just going to go anywhere. I know the truth. I need this. Two days later, we're doing brunch. God has him pray through in his own apartment. Starts hosting Bible studies in his apartment. Where Lord knows what used to happen in that apartment. But now it's facilitating a move of God. And he begins to invite all of his network people coming from all walks of life when i say all i mean all walks of life coming to this place hearing the word of god and responding to the voice of god why because somewhere across the country there was pastor and his wife praying for their lost son and years of being away from God, a failed marriage, kids in the middle, God said, I'm gonna send somebody to Him because He is going to facilitate what I've been wanting to do in this graveyard. Some of us would have written it off, but God said, I never forgot about the prayers of my people. Here's what it looks like. It looks like a man just driving on the road on Christmas morning and runs into two individuals running across the street while I'm at a stoplight, one of them bleeding from multiple gunshot wounds. And... Without the Spirit of God leading me, kind of like Peter, I wouldn't have went. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even paid attention to him. Spirit of God leading me to pay attention to what's going on, let them into my vehicle, perfect strangers that is suffering from multiple gunshot wounds. I don't know if somebody's still chasing them, but it's like God bypasses your brain, you know? and allows you to do some things to facilitate because it doesn't make sense. Drop them off to the nearest hospital that they were trying to run to. Later that week, I find out this guy's a hip hop star. And God connects me with him months later after he recovers and I begin to fly out to his home. Have dinner with his family and find out that his grandmother was an apostolic because her prayers never died it didn't matter how far he went or what he did. I'm telling somebody this morning It doesn't matter how far they look like they are. One prayer, God will respond to. But even if the enemy resists that first prayer, don't stop reaching for the people that God has laid on your heart because God wants to see them saved more than we do. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.